Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, Eagles fans. This is Mike K from NJ Advanced Media, and welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on nj.com slash eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech Service, where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us, and we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always, is my fellow Eagles beat reporter, Chris Franklin. Today, we're going to discuss the arrival of Anthony Harris, the logic of the Joe Flacco signing, and the Eagles' outlook for the remainder of free agency. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing great. You know, I had a chance to watch the Snyder Cut last weekend, and um, uh, and that's just catapulted me further, man. That was a great movie, and so uh, in a great mood, man. How are you doing? Uh, I don't really agree with you, but that's for a whole nother podcast. Um, <laughs> I thought it's, it was the most one of the most boring movies I've seen in a very long time. But anyway, oh, um, <laughs> four hours later. Uh, so I'm sure I'll get a lot of the wrath of the fan base on that one, but, um, no, I'm doing well. I got a case of the sniffles. You can probably hear it in my voice. Allergy season as always strikes again. Um, but you know, things are good. Uh, at least the Eagles have picked up the pace and given us stuff to write about. And, uh, (laughs) here we are. We're doing another podcast. I will tell you this. I have spent the entire morning thinking it was Thursday. We are recording this actually on Wednesday. Uh, So that's kind of nice. uh, Because I was like, wow, I need to get a lot done for the weekend. um, (laughs) The next couple of days. And then I realized, well, oh, it's Wednesday. Because I have like an... uh, um, a couple of interviews planned out for the rest of the week. And, uh, I was like, Oh man, that, that interviews at noon. Oh no. What were they, you know? So, um, glad I got that time back. Um, (laughs) so let's, you know what? Anthony Harris is the big signing, but I think everybody right now is talking about Joe Flacco. So let's start with him. Um, what was your immediate takeaway when you saw the signing and, the numbers that came along with it. Well, I think when you look at what Flacco provides, especially for uh, given the team's quarterback situation, I think that uh, he was a good signing. I think especially when you have a young quarterback like Jalen Hurts, who 
even though he played started the last four games of the season, is still learning his way around this league. You bring in the guy like Flacco to go ahead and uh, help him out when it comes to learning the ins and outs and learning schemes and look what to expect from certain defenses. I think it's a great guy to bring in a veteran person. I definitely wasn't expecting a three and a half million dollars. I thought it, thought it was a a lot more than what he could have got, especially what he got with the Jets. But I think if the team is looking to, if they, they I think the team is showed the value that they perceive in his experience and basically putting it on a short-term bet that he's going to go help Hurts out in the long run. Um, I mean, if he does come in, I thought he played well, relatively well when he came in and uh, filled in for the Jets last season. So in place of Sam Darnold when he was out. So I like the signing as well too. Thought he overpaid a little bit, but if it does wind up that he's able to provide those intangibles that helps out Hurts, I think it it was definitely worth it. What'd you think? Well, I mean, you know, he's going to be on his fourth team in four years. Last year, he went 0-4 as a starter. Well, he played okay in those in those games, to your point. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I thought the move made sense before I saw the numbers. It just seems like a very weird allocation of resources, right? Like, $3.5 million and then guaranteed just kind of, Wow. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at. I don't think that the Eagles were really in a position to pay that sort of money because frankly, they weren't, um, entering the day before Anthony Harris and Anthony Aaron, Andrew Adams even signed contracts. They were projected to be 3.34 million under the salary cap, according to the NFLPA. So they're going to have to open up some cap space in the near future in order to bring um, Joe Flacco on board. Uh, Look, to me, you know, uh, we both said that we think that Jalen Hurts should get the year to prove himself, barring any unforeseen things like Zach Wilson or or, uh, Trevor Lawrence falling to six or what have you, or them falling in love with Justin Fields or Trey Lance. Um, if you're in that party, uh, I don't know how you hate this move yet. It's a little bit of an overspend, but clearly, uh, Joe Flacco is a backup at this point in his career and Jalen Hurts is in prime position to be the starting quarterback of the Eagles, uh, this season. Um, I think if you wanted a quarterback at six, a lot of people blew back on me when I made that comment on Twitter last night that I said this was kind of a yike situation for somebody if they wanted a quarterback at six, because I just don't understand why you would pay Joe Flacco what you pay Joe Flacco if you're going to select a quarterback at six and have Hurts compete with that player or even have Hurts be the starter for the next year. And then you're allocating a resource to the future. Um, You know, the thought process there is maybe Joe Flacco is the mentor to the sixth overall pick, but we've seen in the past over the last several years that Joe Flacco isn't really into that whole mentor role. So it was a little bit confusing. Will he buy into being the backup and, and the mentor sort of guy um, that remains to be seen, but they got a deal done. So I guess that's where they're at. Um, overall, what's your read on, on the signing? Do you think that this means that a quarterback's off the table at six? Do you think that this doesn't change anything? Where are you at with that? I really think that they're going to, I think they'll look more at a quarterback toward the, 
day three of the draft instead of drafting somebody with that six pick. Because when you just look at the talent that's available that can help you out in so many other positions, especially at the receiver position, even if you decide to, if the Eagles decide to take Kyle Pitts, I just think there's so much talent there that bringing in another quarterback, using six pick on another quarterback, which is, would, it wouldn't be beneficial. Also, I think that there's still, I think there's still some value guys that you could bring in to help out. I still, like as, as I mentioned before, a day three pick, guys like, I think guys like Felipe Franks, or I, I'm not, I'm not thrilled with it, but I think I could see them taking, a, I could see them taking a guy like that. And then you have Flacco go ahead and help them both, like say a, a Franks type guy along with Hertz to bring along and, and help them understand the NFL game a little bit more than what they do already. So I still think this team goes ahead. I think I wouldn't be surprised if they shopped a six pick and down, especially with what we're hearing with some of these other guys like Fields and you're seeing what, what they're providing. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a team that maybe throws an offer up at them and then they take a quarterback later on in the draft. But I think there's, there are just completely uh, – I wouldn't – I don't think they're going to take a quarterback at six pick. So something that a lot of people pointed out on social media is the difference in strengths and game between Flacco and Hertz. Let's make this clear. There is nobody that they could take at quarterback at six that would have a comparable game to Joe Flacco. So the idea that Flacco might be a guy who, you know, succeeds Hurts, maybe they shop Hurts and then draft a kid six overall. I don't buy that either. I don't really get the logic there. It kind of seems like you're throwing money at something that's not, you know, guaranteed to happen. This to me looks like they are preparing to not land a quarterback at sixth, whether they want to or not. I mean, they might realize like they don't, it, the price might be too much to, to trade up. There probably won't be a quarterback in the top four that makes it to six. They are preparing in case that doesn't happen as opposed to saying, Hey, we don't want a quarterback at six. This is, you know, if they can't land that guy, this is going to be their quarterback room to me. That's, that's my read uh, just on the organization based on what I've heard and based on what I see. Um, let's move on to Anthony Harris, who I think the fan base is exponentially more excited about, um, signing a one year, $5 million deal late Friday night. Um, look, this is a big get, uh, what's your opinion on, on the move? I actually really, really like this move getting Harris because especially, I, I really didn't think he'd be around or available for the Eagles to get. I mean, you you get to sign a one year deal on a prove it deal for $5 million that definitely for a guy of his caliber, that was definitely, definitely a good deal for that. I also think he does so much for that back end of that defense. It helps out immensely. It, he he knows Rodney McLeod already. And everybody knows when it comes to ACL, it takes about a full year to recover. So I think you don't know what you're going to get fully just yet next year with Rodney McLeod. But I think it also helps out Kayvon Wallace because when he was at Clemson, one of his big, the biggest assets and biggest attributes that he was able to go ahead and do was you were able to move him around and become a threat not only to possibly blitz, you could help him to run support, and also in the passing game. So I think that opens up things for him as well too. If they decide to go put him in a big nickels position, so when you got you have a guy who's a ball hawk in the bet in that in a zone defense as well too, who can read where the ball's going and and, and jump some routes and. 
I think that definitely helps out, especially with this team's uh, issues last year and trying to create turnovers in the secondary. So overall, I think it was a great signing. Now, do you feel that they, the team got a good amount of value in the signing? Yeah, I mean, look, he's coming off a, a down season. It was a down season for the entire Minnesota Vikings defense. But I think what's valuable here is his background with Jonathan Gannon. He knows how Jonathan Gannon coaches. Obviously, nobody knows what his system is going to be. But he has a background in the terminology. He understands, you know, his approach to coaching defense. And I think that's important. Uh, you've got Nick Rallis as the linebackers coach. So chances are there's going to be a lot of Vikings influence here. Um, look, I, I think it, it's, it's a smart deal. Yes, he's 29. That's not really idea, ideal for a rebuild. But when you're trying to build a defensive system, you need a veteran who kind of understands the lingo and understands – the approach because this is going to be a young defense. He's also got a background with Rodney McLeod. I think there's a lot of appeal on both sides of this, this pact. And I think Anthony Harris is going to get the opportunity to kind of really be that guy in the secondary if he wants to be, and if he can, and if he bounces back, maybe he signs a long-term extension. Uh, I'm a big believer in signing. uh, I, I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, the opposite of what your head coach your head coach's strength should be highlighted in the draft because that's a long-term hire coordinators. If they're very good or if they're very bad are not going to be around for very long. So that's why you sign these short-term packs with veterans because you want to establish that side of the ball um, with a quick fix. The long-term goal of a head coach should be developing talent long-term. And if he's an offensive coach, uh, drafting offensive players and developing offensive players is the is the way that the team should go. It's obviously what they try to do with Doug Peterson, even though they didn't really develop anybody. Um, but Sirianni's known for his development of wide receivers and quarterbacks, and I think that that's kind of the way the Eagles are approaching free agency by looking at the defensive side of the ball. Granted, they've only made three signings. Um, so, yeah, I, I look, I think this is – I mean, it's not a home run. I give it a B plus, uh, but I do think this is a great value signing. You look at what uh, Jalen Mills got. Jalen Mills is averaging, you know, $6 million a year, and he got $9 million guaranteed. You got Anthony Harris, who is a year removed from, from leading the league in interceptions on a one-year $5 million deal. I think – I think the trade-off is pretty pretty spectacular as far as financials are concerned. And I think this was the right move for the Eagles. They were very smart. They were patient, and it paid off. Uh, we should also mention, uh, you know, Andrew Adams is going to be a special teams ace. He's likely to fill the gunner role left behind by Rudy Ford. He signed with the Jaguars on the first day of free agency, which was like a very weird signing. But what are you going to do? Um so let's talk about free agency moving forward. Should the Eagles be done at this point, Chris? I mean, I think they should. I mean, I'm from the thing. I'm from the school of they really should be because they have to develop. They have to get a lot of players who use draft, and you don't want to keep bringing in all these veterans that are going ahead and take some spots and potentially take some time from them. When you look at their cap situation, as you mentioned before, th- heading into yesterday, three point three million. That, that's just. <laughs> Good luck trying to find a lot of impact players that would be able to go ahead for, for that amount. But I think now the whole entire focus should just be on the draft itself. I mean, given that they have 11 picks right now, and I mean, granted, they can go ahead and trade some to move around, but they should be setting their board and tr- focusing solely on that because 
I think there's still a lot. There's, I think it's going to be a, a pretty deep draft overall. I think it's going to be a pretty deep draft. Where you can fill a lot of positions, especially with those with those selections that they have. And when you look at their, uh, they're going to need to go ahead and hit up. I probably say at least hit on six of them in order to be have a success in the near future. And they have to go ahead and make sure they get bring the right six, not only as a culture fit, but also as a scheme fit for what they're trying to do in the future. So uh, I'm I'm from the Eagles. I'm looking at finding ways to go ahead and build the team through the draft. And what do you, what will you do? Would you go ahead and uh and sign some more free agents or which what direction would you go? Yeah, I think I'm done from from the standpoint of wide receiver. Josh Reynolds signed with the Titans. He was the one guy that kind of made sense to me. Uh, there are offensive linemen that I feel like you could sign after the draft, running backs that I feel like you could sign after the draft. Um, the only position that I would look to sign a veteran is probably linebacker. And there's only one guy that I would probably consider, and that's Eric Wilson from the Vikings. He's got a background with Nick Rouse, who I mentioned earlier. He's got a you know, he played four years in the Vikings defense. So if they're going to have a Vikings-esque defense, uh, you might as well bring in Eric Wilson. He can play weak or, or middle uh, linebacker. I don't think he would cost all that much, but he'd be the one guy that I think if they're going to sign somebody, it would make sense. Cornerback is another position that if they really felt like they needed to upgrade the number two spot, um, so they have a little bit more flexibility long-term, uh, the Steelers just released Steven Nelson. And look, everybody's like, well, the Eagles don't have any money. Well, they can open up $11 million by restructuring Fletcher Cox. They can open up $5 million by trading or releasing Zach Ertz. They can create $10 million by trading Derek Barnett or $7 million by extending him. They can create $7 million by restructuring Lane Johnson. And by the way, they have to make one or two of those moves anyway because they need to be able to sign their rookie class. So there will be some cap space open up, plus they'll get another $4 million, uh, on June 2nd when uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Malik Jackson officially are done-zo from the books. So, look, I, I, I think Eric Wilson and Steven Nelson are the two guys left that I would consider if I'm – if I'm the Eagles trying to sign somebody, I would not sign a wide receiver. I probably wouldn't sign a running back. I wouldn't sign an offensive lineman. Although I do think it's kind of interesting how slow Alejandro Villanueva's uh, market's been. He would be the ideal swing tackle or competition at left tackle. If you decided to trade either Maylata or Dillard, which I wouldn't advise. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe you bring in a fullback if you if you think you're going to have a fullback in your offense. A what? Uh, a what now? A fullback. You said a dirty word. You said an F word. Yeah. Listen, I'm <laughs> holding out hope here that they that I get to cover some fullback football. Yes. Look, Todd Haley had a fullback. Romeo Cornell, when he took over in Kansas City, had a fullback. They had Derek Watt with the Chargers for four years. Um Ryan Hewitt was a hybrid player the first year in Indianapolis for Sirianni. They haven't had a fullback since, but, you know, Trey Burton's an H-back sort of guy. He'd be the other guy. He'd probably be the third guy that I would consider, uh, but only after you trade Zach Ertz. I don't think there's a need to rush to to sign him or even re-sign Richard Rodgers at this point. Um, we should mention, too, that the Eagles re-signed Hassan Ridgeway, Um Last week, I thought it made a lot of sense. You know, he'll back up 
uh, Fletcher Cox and, and Javon Hargrave and compete with T.Y. McGill and Raquan Williams for that third defensive tackle spot, which we know is very important. What was your take on, on Hassan Ridgeway coming back? I think he provided some good minutes when he and good snaps when he did come in. You know, he he was able to get some pressure on the inside as well too. And given that you you, you don't have Malik Jackson anymore, and you still need to have a some semblance of a pass from up the middle once uh, Fletcher Cox and and Javon Hargrave leave out, I think he's able to go ahead and uh, at least give you he's serviceable and at least gives you a good some good snaps and go ahead and try to push that pocket from the interior. I definitely think. He would be. He's a guy along with Raquan Williams. I, I'm really high on as well too. I think it could be a very uh, a, 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 a guy who's coming back and is able to go ahead and contribute in a good way, especially in his new defense. So I definitely think uh, he'd be good. And 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 sorry to go jump back to that thing. The one thing I did forget. I think that the Eagles should look at possibly get looking at uh, signing up Hunter. I don't know, like a Thomas Morissette or a Dustin Colquitt. I think one of those two because. If this team does have an, a lot of uh, young players on offense once again and say they struggle again, you're going to need a guy that goes ahead and provides you some some, some good field position or to pin the opposing offenses back. So I think they should also look into that possibly. Get somebody cheap. Now, I'm not talking about breaking the bank and going, hey, let's go sign a punter for like four years and like uh, say like $16 million, but somebody for one year, 1. 1.5, something like that. I think that would be another option for them to go to. Yeah, I think Brian Anger makes a little bit more sense from a financial standpoint. But yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, that punter is going to get a lot of work uh, this season. <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of <laughs> kind of where I'm at. But, you know, Chris, uh, as we move into our final thoughts, is there anything you want to pub? I know you're, you're working hard on the Sixers beat as well. Uh, anything you want to, you know, shine a light on as we, we sign off soon? Well, the trade deadline's coming up for the Sixers. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see this team is uh, – I know we're getting off the football path, but this team is uh, in first place. It's weird covering some wins. It really was – it's really weird doing that, especially after what happened. Congratulations. Year. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's crazy, but when you look at uh, – I think just looking at the overall dynamic, we have a – it's a fun comparing and contrasting what Daryl Morey, the Sixers general manager – oh, executive vice president, but de facto general manager away – how he builds his team and, and the way he looks at things and comparing that to say the way Howie Roseman does it. It's really interesting because I think Maury likes to do Maury and, and Roseman are both aggressive. I think when you look at Maury, I think you see a guy who likes to go ahead and tinker in a way that he's able to find little pieces, little trades here and there that helps out a bit more. I think Daryl Maury is more of what Howie Roseman was in 2017 and just find those support guys. And I wish Roseman would get back to those ways when he was successful. Because you look at a guy like Tony Bradley, who the Sixers traded for Zaire Smith, a first-round pick that didn't work, and now all of a sudden Bradley's coming in while Joel Embiid's how he's contributing. So it's fun to watch that. And um, there should be an Embiid piece coming out pretty soon that I think it's going to be – I think everybody's going to like, especially looking towards high school time. And overall, it's not too bad, man. What, what, do you, what else you got going on? Just covering free agency, man. And uh, I'll have another first-round mock draft out on Monday um, with some trades. I just wrote it, so uh, that was fun. And then, um, you know, what I'm looking forward to is our weekly exclusive Q&A on Eagles Extra. 
Uh, you can sign up for Eagles Extra on nj.com slash text. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, you'll hear a lot less sniffles on that uh, that that service. Uh, but but we're really we're really having some fun uh, with the Q and A sessions. Remember, you can sign up for two weeks free. Kind of feel around, enjoy it. It's really fun to have during draft season. You'll also get breaking news. Um, Eagles Extra users found out about the Cam Johnston deal well before everybody else. They found out about the Duke Riley deal with the Dolphins well before everybody else. They found out about Hassan Ridgeway resigning well before everybody else. So you're getting breaking news sent to your phone before it hits social media, exclusive analysis, and you're taking part in this fun, exclusive Q&A that we're having a lot of fun with and all of our users have given us a lot of positive feedback with. Also on that note, you can download the No Huddle Show podcast and subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to podcasts. For Chris, the Sixers man, and myself, we'll talk to you soon.